I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. What's up? Hey, welcome you, back. Oh, I thought you just downed that while I oh, did that. Oh, no, no, no. I gotta, I gotta sip that wine. It's gotta yeah. get me through the night, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. You gotta, you can't go too hard too fast. I thought we were like, oh, we're doing this. Let me just chug. I almost heated up a cup of coffee as well. Like, mm. I was like, I kind of want coffee and wine. But that combination. I love that. Really? I do. I really love, well, because like, coffee gives me a buzz and wine is like, well, it's a depressant, so it kind of like levels Brings me you out down. a little bit. So I have a nice like double buzz going, yet I feel like I'm not tired, I'm not super awake. I'm just kind of It's more like, the flavor mm. combo that I'm oh, I love it. on. Really? Yes. Huh. It's, it kind of reminds me of like when you have like raspberry and chocolate or cherry and chocolate. Hmm. Well, I don't I'm not a big fan of things in chocolate in general. Okay. Well then that makes strawberries, a lot of sense. yes. Yeah. But like other things, not so much. Yeah. Like, I hate cherry cordials. You know, those, like, cherries that are covered in chocolate? Oh. My great-grandpa loved those. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like that when I was younger, but as I've gotten older, I have to say one of my favorite flavor combinations is raspberry and chocolate. Really? Yeah, I hmm. used to get this, like, raspberry and, like, kind of cookies and cream, like, 
blended ice cream in um, Sun Valley, Idaho, when I would go skating in the summer, they would do this thing where you could take like two flavors and they would kind of like meld it together in a cone for you. And it was just like, oh, and there'd be like chunks of like actual raspberries in the ice cream. And it was heavenly. I'd be willing to try it. So good. All right. So you guys, we were just discussing that we don't have anything like particularly horrible this week. I'm sure there's plenty of really horrible stuff going on in the news, but I'm trying to veer away for the time being on some of the abortion stuff because we've covered it for like a month straight. Yeah, Um, I agree. So we're going to talk about some other stuff unless something obviously comes forward that we feel like needs um, immediate attention. But this first story I found on BuzzFeed and we talked about um, Mike Pence's wife a while ago who worked at that school. Right. That was very anti-gay. And it reminded me of that. But this is a school in California. And the state is trying to shut it down because they have been accused of punishing their students who are gay, along with a lot of other things. So the school is called the Riverview Christian Academy. Is it NorCal? Like Northern California? Uh, yeah. It's like near the Redwoods. Okay. And it's like a really, but it's like outside of, it's like a really small town. So they've been accused of failing to report abuse and they've punished kids who expressed that they were gay or bisexual. And back in September, BuzzFeed News did like this whole investigation thing, which kind of brought a lot of this to the forefront because they've been trying to report the school for a while. And now that it's kind of been like exposed, um, they're kind of, they're trying to really uh, shut the school down. So the school bills itself as a place where parents can send kids who are, quote, going down the wrong path. Whether students graduate out of Riverview's program is based on behavior, not academics. Attorneys for the school. What? Yeah. Yeah. Why it's the not, fuck would you send your kids to this school? It's for, like, uber conservative families whose kids are, like, you know, maybe they're getting into drugs or they're but gay. But how, can that, how or, can that even be a state-accredited school? Like It's not federally funded. It's a, it's, it's a non-profit so it's it's an it's run by a small nonprofit called Teen Teen Rescue, and if you Google this school, the first thing that shows up is like the school name Teen Teen Rescue. So it emphasizes that it holds socially conservative views. The school said that it, that it doesn't employ any psychologists, counselors, psychiatrists, nurses, or social workers. And wow! The students say Seems there are safe. no teachers on staff. How does it work? I don't know. I don't get it. So. The attorneys for the school argue the state law that California's government is using to regulate the facilities infringes on its religious rights and filed a lawsuit in March challenging the statute's constitutionality. But court documents from the ongoing legal battle between the state and Riverview not only corroborate many of the details of the BuzzFeed News investigation, but also raise new concerns about the treatment of schools currently of students currently enrolled in that school. So this is. It's a private facility, so it's not subject to federal funding. And so they can kind of, like, get away with stuff, and they're kind of, they're using, like, their religious um, rights as a way, as a means of um, rationalizing their behaviors and their punishments. I mean, I can understand—I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that that's fucked up. But what I'm having trouble wrapping my head around is someone who was homeschooled. Yeah. There are still, you still have to meet state requirements. Yeah. Even if you are homeschooled, even if you're learning on a Bible-based curriculum. Right. There are certain 
requirements that you have to meet but state I think, by state. But I think they've kept that pretty under wraps. I don't think that's something that But they have to been... share it with the state. Like, yeah, you have I don't, to. I don't like, know. And I'm from Missouri, which is a pretty um, conservative Christian state. Yeah. And the laws are very lax there for homeschoolers. Yeah. But in California, and even in Missouri, you had to meet, you had to work a certain amount of hours, and you have yeah. to prove that you've done the work. Exactly. So... I'm having a hard time with this because it just seems like it would be shut down because these kids would be truant. Like, they're not actually doing schoolwork. Right, right. Well, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about what some of the awful, horrible things that the people who work at the school have done. So, staff restricted students' communication with parents, took kids off antidepressants, cold turkey, prohibited girls from speaking for days or weeks at a time, failed to report allegations of abuse, and disciplined students for attempting to kill themselves. At least two children said they told Riverview staffers they wanted to kill themselves but weren't allowed access to a counselor because they had, quote, not earned behavior level C. The students claim they can't call 911 if they have to report an emergency or abuse, were forced to stand outside at night in the cold for a half an hour if they misbehaved, and had their shoes confiscated. Students reported to the state agents that they've been forced to eat only peanut butter sandwiches for up to six months at a time as punishment. At least two students told state investigators that when they were physically sick, staff members gave them essential oils or, quote, home (laughs) remedies instead of traditional medical care, according to sworn declarations filed by the state. So Riverview said that in order to comply with new state regulations, it would have to violate its owner's religious convictions because there were, I think there were certain... It was a it was a, a big article, so I cut a lot of the stuff out of it for my notes. But there were some laws that were changed, but the laws they're talking about are not in terms of what you were discussing, but more in terms of um, being accepting of different students' uh, gender identities, sexualities, things like that. So they're saying that if they were to comply with these new laws, that they would be um, betraying their religious convictions. Um, which treat being gay as a sin. Well, but here's my question. Like, all of this is confusing to me because it doesn't sound like a school. It sounds like a religious organization. And as a religious organization, they should be allowed to do whatever they want. It shouldn't be... They shouldn't be adhering to standards of a school. But they're calling themselves a school. Right, but then their defense is that they're a religious organization. Mm -hmm. So if you're a religious organization... And this is like a religious... Are you helping them right now? No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm not helping them. What I'm saying is, like, I don't understand the argument because it seems contradictory to say that you're you're a religious organization that is functioning as a school, but, I mean, you're not a school if you're not meeting, like, state criteria. I'm wondering if they're calling it a school, but it's actually one of those places that you just, like, send troubled teens. But I think even then, like, if... I, from this perspective, it's like if we were to make a movie and cast a child actor, we would then have to hire a tutor because this, the right. kids need to be exactly in, with a tutor for X amount of hours during the day. So I don't really understand. Uh, I don't know if they because they do have staff. So I don't know if there's something they're doing that's making it seem like this staff is a teacher to the state. I don't know. I think that a lot of this didn't even come up until. This investigation, which, like you said, is crazy because they should be handing things in, showing that students are doing work, or else they... Right, because to me, I think what I'm confused about here is that, like, this sounds like 
parental neglect. Like, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Um, If this organization is a religious organization, then I can see how it becomes more tricky. If it is a school and they're needing to meet state criteria, then they are also needing to adhere to state laws, like as far as discrimination in that goes, which seems like what they're having a problem with. Yeah. I wonder if they were like, we're a school, we're a school, we're a school, and now that, like, They're, like, backpedaling. They're like, oh, shit. They're like, no, 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 you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, that's probably, that's probably more like it. Yeah. But, I mean, what it sounds, some people shouldn't be allowed to have kids, and if you're gonna send your fucking kids to something like this, you just shouldn't have them in the first place. Agreed. Well, this is wacky. Um, Parents must fill out a questionnaire about their child when they enroll them at Riverview, according to a copy revealed in court filings. It asks about things like whether the kid listens to rap or heavy metal music, if they are suicidal, whether they're sexually active, and if they have mood swings or an eating disorder. Parents also have to sign an agreement to not try to remove their child early unless a review staff approves. The like, same as a parent, does that not give you pause? Yeah, if and someone listen, tried to tell you that you couldn't pull your kid out if you wanted to. And listen, the same agreement also stipulates that if their kid runs away, Riverview staffers won't go looking for them. What the fuck? Like, Bye. why? What kind of parent is like? This all sounds legit. Uh, someone backwards bananas bonkers. And I, I, I can understand that maybe what they would say is that they were at the end of their rope and they didn't understand. They didn't know what to do with their kid. Or that's just the way that they upheld things as well. You know, well, maybe they had that sort of discipline. To me, while still wrong, still up. there's a difference between a parent disciplining their child mm-hmm. and you giving essentially like carte blanche free reign right. well, for I think someone out for an organization to take that role. Like, I think it's parents not wanting to deal with their with their troubled teens anymore. And even if like a, a lot of this sounds like these kids are depressed and need legitimate psychiatric help and are suicidal and all of these things. Right, they're being punished your for, child for mental health problems. I mean, they're talking about also, like, having put kids in shock collars, isolation, withholding food. Like, it's just completely... It's abusive and horrible. Right. And it's just... And you look at some of the photos of the inside, it's just dank and dark and, like, ugh. And it shouldn't be happening. Like, this is fucking ridiculous that we... Yeah. It, there should be no question that this should be shut down immediately. Right. Like, I don't understand why this is... Because it sounds like right now like, the why thing is, is like, why aren't you taking in gay kids? And it's like, no, why are you letting them take any kids? Yeah. Like, no one should be allowed to go to this school. Like, yeah. who? Uh, clearly their ideas are backwards. We don't need to be subjecting, you know, gay kids to this. We need to be shutting them down completely. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's insane. Yeah, I agree. Ugh. I, uh... I wonder if that's kind of how it came about, though, if it was, like, another one of those schools that, like, would try to, like... I'm a school, wink, wink. And, like, try to pray the gay away kind of place, you know? I wonder if that's kind of how it all first started coming out. I mean, I'm sure it was just for troubled kids and troubled no, but I mean, like kids in general. How but... it got out into the media, like oh, if possi- that's what it was possibly, being, and, yeah. then, and then they started digging deeper and they discovered all this other yeah. stuff. I don't know. I'm definitely. I want to learn more about it. I wasn't able to look deeper into it because I only had today. It's fascinating. But it was yeah. It was something that really kind of like perplexed me, and is something that I'm curious about. And I'm sure there are so many other places like that in this country and in the world. That oh, it's just like, without a doubt. I, I mean, I'm not naive enough to think us the only place, but it's like. I I'm you brought up some really good points that I'm curious about how they're getting away with uh, not handing in any sort of. I mean, and maybe they are, schoolwork. but it seems like, in my knowledge of like homeschooling in this state, they're much more strict than in other states. 
So I just, I don't understand how they're operating without the knowledge of the state, you know, like, more closely. Yeah. Because if you homeschool, especially, like, because that is essentially what it sounds like they're doing, because they're not working off of any kind of, like, state-sanctioned, like, curriculum. Right. So if, if they are, like, schooling through that organization based out of a Bible-based curriculum or whatever they're mm-hmm. using, how has the state not noticed, unless the parents are, like, fudging some kind of thing, saying that they're homeschooling their kids? I mean, I that know. could be very well possible. Yeah. I'm going to look into it more. I'm really Interesting. Curious. If any of you know more about this, let me know. And maybe I'm I have it interested. all wrong. Maybe I'm misunderstanding, but... I, I don't know. You brought up some really good points that I didn't read about in the article, so I'm curious to Interesting. know more. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to something um, a little better, a lot better than that. So this is actually a couple of months old, but I just learned about it. Yeah. So I wanted to share it because I think it's wonderful. There is a PhD student, a black PhD student, who is building a mental health app for black youth in particular. Wow. So I didn't know about this either. Yeah. So we have talked um, on this show many times about how a lot of... Um, there are certain cultures in which talking about mental health is very difficult. And yeah. within the black community, very at least... Stigmatized. Yeah, at least within the United States, uh, talking about mental health in the black community is a very stigmatized and taboo topic. Yeah. So this young man, Henry Willis, he's a PhD student uh, from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's Clinical Psychology Graduate Program, Mm. and he is developing a mental health app for black youth. Uh, Finding ways to provide black youth mental health resources is an absolute necessity. Everyday factors of being black, like exposure to racism, can drastically impact people's mental health. Mm -hmm. So there are studies that show that there are certain mental health problems that the black community faces, and a lot of other marginalized communities also face that stem not only from trauma, generational trauma that's happened, you know, throughout time, especially in this country, but also there are some very particular obstacles and hurdles that people of color have to experience and that people of certain cultures have to experience that other people don't, you know, and that varies from culture to culture. And I think racism... Bringing that, bringing racism into the mental health sphere, I think, Mm -hmm. is like a really smart thing that makes sense once you say it. Because it is something that, like, to me, that is also a big part of trauma. Like, it's something that you deal with from the time that you are born without even realizing that you're being prejudiced against. Is that how you say it? Prejudiced against? Whatever, I don't care. Until, like... They know what you mean. uh, Thank you. Until now, until however old you are, like, you deal with it all the time from people when you don't even realize that it's happening. Well, and if you're already... If you're already predisposed to certain mental health issues, like depression or anxiety, for instance, which are incredibly common in general, and if you're already predisposed, it can be compounded by facing racism every day. Well, and he's from North Carolina, too, so I feel like that's probably something that um, either he's experienced himself or is something that, like, hits really close to home when you're you're in these places where um, it's still really, really... Racism is still very, very prevalent. 
So he said, I've published papers that have looked at how things such as online racial discrimination can lead to increased PTSD symptoms or how positive racial identity beliefs can lead to a better mental health over time for African-American youth. So his research inspired him to find new innovative ways to help black youth cope with stress Mm -hmm. and discrimination through technology. He has described the app as not only providing a gateway for promoting better mental health, but also offering users ways to deal with things unique to the black experience, Mm -hmm. which I think is so great, honestly. It's genius. It's it's kind of, it's genius and so fucking helpful. Yeah. And it really does allow people in this, this culture that has stigmatized getting help for mental health, it allows them a way to take the matter into their own hands, on their phone, in a more... No, I don't want to say like secretive, but it's something that they don't have to. But if it has to be, if it has if to be, it has to be supported, right? You know, there's lots of things. It's on your phone. Is you it, know, is it free? What is the what is the app? I don't think it has been developed yet. What is he his is, idea? He is with working it? on it right now. Is it going to be? I wonder if it's going to be like a like a better help situation or like a talk space situation, or if it's going to be more like of a a general place for information and help. Um. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's going to kind of be like a talk space situation with also very uh, focused tools on yeah. how to deal with very particular kinds yeah. of... My only thing then is that it still costs money. So if you're like a 16-year-old kid and maybe you don't right. have a job or something like that, I wonder... I mean, I'm sure that there are still going to be plenty of people who can get help from it. I'm just wondering what those kids can do with this app. And maybe he's already figured that out. I don't know. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's targeted at black youth in particular. Okay. So So it's got to be accessible. It's, I'm assuming that those are factors that he is keeping in mind. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know. I don't know for sure. He has said uh, that he will focus on black youth specifically because it's often a time period full of changes as you know, any any young person, they're they're experiencing a lot of changes. Uh, young people are often going into new environments like college or the workforce or even moving away from home and their support systems. Those experiences combined with the struggle of learning how to be an adult can take their toll on mental health. He said, we see a lot of these symptoms emerge around this time between 18 and 25, such as depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yet, unfortunately, we also know that black young adults are 90% less likely to receive or have access to effective mental health treatments when compared with their white counterparts for Mm -hmm. a variety of reasons. Oh, so here he says, the app will provide a variety of services, including education about basic mental health systems, like explaining the basics of depression or anxiety, and information on how symptoms manifest. In addition, users can create a profile and mental health plan so they can engage in things that promote mental health awareness. It will also uh, connect users... Uh, to black and other providers of color in the area. Wonderful. So it will link you as a user of the app, a black person who is using this app, maybe yeah. a young person who wants to go to somebody who also relates to their experience. Right. It has resources for black or people of color, um, you know, therapists, counselors, that makes me so et cetera. Happy. So it's wonderful, and um, I'm really it's, excited. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing especially having gone through treatment cycles a couple of times and eating disorders especially have very much been uh, named as being like 
a rich white girl's disease where I know that's not the case. And I think that with a lot of mental health issues, they're seen as very white diseases. Um, White parents are more likely to get their kids into therapy. They are. And that's why it's seen as being a more like white illness and it's not recognized or it's called something different in a lot of other communities or like you said they don't get the help and things like that so i think it's great to bring awareness to the fact that it's not just this one um privileged person's disease or illness but it's it's everyone's and everyone can relate to it in some way without it being like oh you're your skin is this color, you can't relate to it in some way because I right. think that's I mean, the perception of a lot of people. And I think in the for, world. for black people, at least this is my experience, it was like it was almost this mentality of like we don't have time for that. Like we Or you have, do it within the family. You 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 keep it with but even then it's like you don't talk about it because it's just like we don't have time for that. Like we yeah. have real problems. Yeah. I think they've always thought and this is flawed thinking, but I think part of why um, people in the black community have always thought of it as being a white person problem is because it was always seen as being a privilege to be able to have the time to sit here and be sad exactly. about, like, your feelings. You know what I mean? Where when we have, quote, unquote, real problems of yeah. being, like, you know, harassed or racially discriminated against. But, but you that need plays to put, into it. Yeah, you need to put those hands together and yeah. realize that, like this is going to affect your mental health, which is going to affect your family situation, et et cetera, et cetera. And it goes on and on. Um, And I'm so glad that we're finally moving out of that. It it makes me feel like really happy. So this app will be coming uh, hopefully this summer. He is, he is hoping to launch it this summer and it should be available uh, on Apple apps uh, did you almost say Apple Podcasts? I almost did. Uh, That's where my brain was going to. That's funny. (laughs) And anywhere you can get the internet. So, when I hear more about that, yeah. I will definitely share the name of that app uh, with everybody. That's so, so cool. Yeah. I really love that. Uh, mine's just fucking silly and ridiculous. My next one. Do you know who JoJo Siwa is? No. Really? Yes? Okay. Did you ever watch Dance Moms? <laughs> no. Okay. I haven't brought up Dance Moms you have not. No, you in have like not. a year. Um, okay, so she came in like later in the series. They're starting up again now, but I haven't watched it yet. I'm kind of like, it's all new girls. I don't really care. Anyways, she came on later in the season. She's this like bottle blonde. She always wears a big bow in her hair. She's Is she like, a dancer or a mom? She's a dancer. And okay. she she talks. She's 16 now. And she still talks like she's five. Ooh. And oh, that's a pet peeve of mine. She, mine too. But she's turned into this like entrepreneur. And she's got this like YouTube channel. She's got over like 10 million Good for her. followers on social media. She's like blowing the fuck up. She's the host. She's basically the Chrissy Teigen of the kid version of Lip Sync Battle. Okay. And she's got a bunch of Nickelodeon shit. And she, her main gig is her merchandise. I saw a video of the tour of her house, and it's just all JoJo and bows, and it's crazy. She's 16. She doesn't even have a house. It's Well, it's like, it's where she lives with her family. Oh, okay. Um, she's really big with the Kardashian children. They all, like, came to her birthday party. It was, like, a whole thing. She has a car that's emblazoned with... I saw this car. I was I was on Magnolia and Buena Vista, and I saw her. I was at a red light, and she drove in front of me, and I saw her and her mom in this, like, JoJo decked-out car, and I was like, holy shit. Anyways, I fangirled for a little bit. It's fine. I don't watch any of her videos. 
I find her both annoying and awesome at the same time, so I just don't watch them. But she's had this, like, deal with Claire's for a long time. That's when she first started selling her bows. The bows is what started the whole thing. And now she does, like, tons, like, bedspreads, dolls, um, hair products, all kinds of stuff. So she came out with a makeup line. And this makeup line... The FDA found that there was asbestos in it. Oh, gross. So, let's talk about that. So, the makeup line is like a teen-centered makeup line, makeup kit at Claire's. And Claire said in a statement that they've voluntarily recalled the JoJo cosmetic kit out of abundance and caution. But they still stand behind the safety of the product, saying such small trace amounts are considered acceptable under European and Canadian cosmetic no, safety regulations. No, ma'am, I'm not putting anything with any amount of asbestos near my eyeball. Yeah, but, and it's funny because Claire's within the last, I don't know, three months has recalled three other products containing asbestos. So it's their lab, probably. Probably. Which makes me feel bad for her because she's 16. It's not like she's going to QC, like, quality control, like, meetings, probably. You know, it's the lab that fucked up here. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's going to negatively affect her brand. I mean, I really don't think it will, to be honest. I think that that's something that, like, adults are aware of, but, but, like, her fan base are, like... Asbestos who? Five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old kids. That's even worse. (sighs) Where they just don't, like, that's not on their radar. Right, but, I mean, hopefully they're not using these products. Well, it's recalled. So, I mean, hopefully with that, there's, like, you know, some information being spread that the parents are aware of. But, um, yeah, I just found that interesting. It's not It's not a feminist issue. It's not anything. I just found it fucking well, it is, crazy. It is interesting because, you know, um, Jaclyn Hill just released her own makeup line. She's a huge, like, YouTube beauty person. Okay. And um, she just released her own line of les- lipsticks. And, mm. ooh, boy. Tell me about that because I, I saw something about that, but I didn't read it. Okay, so we'll, we'll do Gossip Corner. I'll save this. Okay. I was just going to say, I'll just say this really, really fast. Ariana Grande donated $250,000 to Planned Parenthood in Georgia when she performed Woo! in Atlanta. Yep. So she used the proceeds of her show in Atlanta, and she donated those to Planned Parenthood. Okay, back to Jaclyn Hill. Back yes. to YouTube gossip yes. real fast. Real fast. So Jaclyn Hill, I've always found her kind of annoying, but she partners with Morphe a lot, and she puts out pretty good products with Morphe, and she's good at makeup, but I find her videos not my favorite on on YouTube. But she has been talking about releasing a lipstick brand, or her own makeup brand, and she was going to start with lipsticks, and she's been talking about this for a very long time. Kind of like Kylie. She's starting with the lip kits. Well, but sh- hers are like, like you know. No, I know they're actual lipsticks. lipsticks. They're not the liquids, gloss type. Yeah. Yeah. So I know nothing about makeup. I, I'm so clearly sorry. you're like the gloss type. The gloss types. I'm sorry. I own like mascara and my brow stuff, and then I have stuff from when I used to do princess birthday parties and that funny. I haven't touched in like three years. Well, she released these highly anticipated lipsticks. Like they sold out immediately. People were buying the full like full range of these lipsticks, which cost $300 if you were to buy all of them. All of them was $300. They were $18 each. So YouTube went bananas because people were finding like fuzzies in them, like hair, like stuff that they were, some of them were gritty. It looked like there was like mold or something on them. Um, And now they're saying that this was like a quality control issue with the lab. But 
it's a huge it's a huge hit to her brand. I don't think anything will take her down or like ruin her because she's got millions of followers. But but that's like this was the launch of her makeup brand. Yeah. Like this is the first At least thing with, she released. Like, with JoJo, she's, like, just the merchandise queen. She's not specific to makeup. Right. And this is her, br- like, her brand with yeah. her name on it, the first thing she's released. And everyone, even her supporters on, on YouTube are like, love you, girl, but this was a massive fuck-up. So, um, Ooh. yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that typically, and maybe they just gave them the best stuff, because I used to work with somebody who did, uh, like, lines of makeup and clothing and things like that, and they would bring samples to her house and they, she would go through it and try it out and all that kind of stuff and make sure she liked it. So like does that did that not happen? Did they just give her the well, best Well, I think stuff? she that's probably possible, but I think she um I think she released some videos of her being in the lab. So she should have seen given that this is such a I've watched several videos on this now almost of course every you have. almost every single one of them had an issue with at least one or two of their products which to me wow. I'm like so this was a widespread contamination issue yeah how you somehow didn't see it like well and at she's all. also an adult Right, it's that's different. What, that, like, that's what I mean. JoJo's a different. child so she probably didn't even go to QC this yeah. stuff uh whereas Jaclyn Hill this is your makeup line your makeup line, like not Claire's, yours, yeah. with your name on it. I would want to like, I mean, hers it does have her name on it too, but it's being sold through Claire's. But still, it's like, well, right, like, I, like, it's, I would want to make sure that I knew everything that was going on if I was putting my name on something. Right, but it's even worse if it's like, like Jaclyn Hill has released makeup palettes before through Morphe, but it's like a Jaclyn Hill and Morphe collaboration. I like got this you. is like a JoJo and Claire's I collaboration. Got you. These lipsticks are Jaclyn Cosmetics. Like, they are her makeup line. So it's like, yeah. yikes. Um, well, anyway, well, welcome to fun. Gossip Corner with we us. We haven't had, like, a lighthearted, just, like, chit-chat Ch- Chitty-chat. We got, we got the, you know, heavy stuff out of the way yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. It's um, great. But, yeah, Ariana Grande did a thing that I'm happy about. Mm-hmm. You know, she's sometimes problematic, but I in general. I was going to say, I go back and forth with her, especially because she is, like, known for her to be a huge Judy Garland fan. And I get a little competitive. <laughs> I know it sounds so shady and bitchy, and I'm trying to change it. I have a few. I have one friend, actually, who is a huge Judy fan, and I actually don't feel threatened by her. But with Ariana Grande, I do, because she's like, I want to play Dorothy one day. I'm like, fuck you, bitch. Like, no. Oh, that's not my problem with Ariana Grande. My, I know. My problem is more all the appropriation. Oh, no. I definitely have that <laughs> issue as well. But that was my original issue when she was, like, on Nickelodeon and talking about her Judy Garland love. I was just like, I don't know about this girl. But it is amazing that she she, she had a show in Atlanta, yeah. and because of all of the uh, issues with reproductive rights there, yeah. she donated a lot of a lot of the money that she yeah. made, which she, is amazing. I have to say, she is a great advocate for the gay community. She's a great advocate for a lot of like women's reproductive rights and things like that. She just has a lot of blind spots. Right. She definitely has her strengths. Right. Though. Right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's why. That's everybody. That's yeah, everyone. Totally. You know. Totally. So, anyway. Oh, Any Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. 
you guys can send us your coming out stories by, I think it's June 18th, June 18th right? is correct, my dear. June 18th. Please get those into us. We're really, really excited to put that episode out. We've so had really, really good episodes planned for this Pride Month, and um, we're really proud of the episodes that we have put out, but we can't wait to do another coming out story. That's like our pride and joy. Of, yes. Like, I would say even like this whole show we've done. Yeah, like, I've I really enjoyed like, that one. Yeah. It's it's was very moving the last time. I've read some of the stories that have come in. It's yeah. going to be equally as moving this time. Yeah. So if you have any of those that you would like to get to us, please do that. You can also send us any sister solidarity stories or anything that you would like us to talk about. You can go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also get us on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. You can find us on Twitter at YAMF podcast, Y-A-N-F podcast. You can get us on Facebook. We have a business page and a group page. You can leave us a review on our business page or on Apple Podcasts. We love getting your reviews. Please, please send them in. And we will feature you on Reviews Day Tuesday. I think that's everything. I'm just going to remind about Radio Public one more time. Yes, yes. Because I got to say, you guys, you all know if you've listened for a while that my mom is on my ass about everything when it comes to this show. And she's like, you really need to make sure that people know that you want them to listen on Radio Public. And I'm like, I'm doing it, Mom. It's fine. So for Liz's sake, I'm reminding you all again to please listen on Radio Public. It's free for you. Helps us out a little bit. We love it so much. Um, Yeah. That's it. And then I guess, I don't don't fucking know. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.